All right, we're going. All right, what's happening, everybody? This is Don Talk. I'm Kemper Woodruff. This is Zach Sampson. We're just going to start off by first acknowledging how much cooler his setup is than mine. Like, <laughs> it's some bullshit. <laughs> That's okay. We'll figure it out in time. But no, bro, like, I had to start it no matter where I'm at. Like, legit, I'd turn this around, but I would mess up my little webcam setup. It's kind of janky right now. But, um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I think I wanted to make it too too bad. You know, and I wanted this podcast to be like too perfect and everything that I forgot that it's just about talking shit with your friends. And so I decided to do it on a night when both of us probably didn't want to do it. Like I was pretty hyped. I had to be hyped just to force him into it. But that Goonies shirt is good luck. That's what it's telling us. Goonies never say die. And so since this is our own show, even though Zach is somewhat opposed to me rolling blunts and becoming the shittiest co-host of all time we're rolling some blunts and starting our own fucking show rough riding however the hell we want to do it there you go um so tonight i got some strawberry diesel i don't know if you can read it from Corova. i scored it at lucky lion i'm not usually one for the pre-packed stuff but uh I thought I'd give it a try because it fit my budget. It smells pretty good. They're calling it a 50-50 hybrid of sativa and indica. Which, New York City Diesel, the original shit, it always smelled like blueberry muffins or something, which was really cool. Where Strawberry Cough was like light, floral, and with a little bit of like zesty undertones. Like, it was a sharp undertone, but a floral, like, very green-smelling kind of flower for the most part. I mean, can't really hold it up to the best, like, uh, lighting or whatever. So you guys are probably going to be like, what a failure of that nug. <laughs> but <laughs> I can tell you from looking at it, it, it don't look bad at all. It's got nice trichomes on it, kind of foxtail-y, little offshoots of nugs and stuff. So we're going to bust it down and roll a blunt and just talk. Fuck it, why not? Um. So I guess one thing that I wanted to talk about that I've been kind of thinking about all day because I work at a gun store is... uh. People calling me sir, like, it trips me out sometimes because, you know, a lot of people that get called sir, like, I don't know, it's very, like, I don't want to say militaristic term, but, like, something that I see as, like, you really give someone, like, some deep reverence. It's really interesting, you know, being young, and they don't know that I don't have near the knowledge that they think I do on firearms, you know, when they come into the store, but I'm learning. But they'll call, like, old dudes will call me sir. It's a it's a trippy feeling, bro. Tell you that much for sure. Um, well, it's a respect thing. Yeah, so. it's definitely a respect thing, for sure. Yeah. Also, it's kind of funny, because, like, I bud-tended for so long, 
that it got me used to like the most annoying style of customer service that you can possibly have. It was like a bunch of broke motherfuckers like, hey, can I see this? Does this fit in my budget? Does this fit in my budget? What does that smell like? I got to know. And so like you're just doing a whole bunch for really like nothing. You know, I mean, these days it's different with testing that's come out. and A lot of people just go towards where the numbers are like the highest. They're like, I need that 33% ice cream cake or whatever the hell it is, you know. Not knocking ice cream cake because that's a phenomenal thing, but just the way that people go about like consuming it, they look at it and think that they know more than they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like bud that's like sixteen to like twenty two percent is in this like primo realm. You know, like that's how high bud used to test back in the day. And I'm not gonna be like a oh, like an old man about the shit, but. I don't know. I feel like it just smokes smoother because it's not quite as like resinous mm-hmm. as some of the stuff. Because in order to get their numbers as high as they are today, which I don't really believe testing's a hundred percent dialed in, they have a lot of variance room within there, you know. But um, shoot, what was I saying? See, I lost it. I ain't even smoked this yet. You were talking about I... the how smooth of it was to smoke something back in the day. Oh, yeah, I think, like, some of the flavor profiles are getting lost of, like, old-school weed. Even just, like, the way that we cultivate weed, you know, because everyone's going for, like, a number. So they're crossbreeding strains that they know are going to yield, like, heavy trichomes and, um, like, high THC contents. That they're pretty much, like, phasing out some of these, like, delicacy strains that are, like the bomb you know from back when it was illegal or just medical and that's kind of a shame that's why like i feel like i'm ahead of my time saying that i've been saying for years like farms need to have their own like custom lineage of stuff that they do you know crosses that they do in-house of like maybe newer things and then a staple of like and a backstock of plants and cycling like the great things you know like blackberry cushes bubba cushes strawberry cough that's just straight strawberry cough you know all these old school strains like sensei star and northern lights like we need to really keep those genetics like strong and eventually it's going to be like you're not stepping on toes because each farm will be able to do what they want they'll have their own crosses and blends of new stuff and old stuff and it would make a much better market economically for like people to co-brand you know Mm -hmm. they know for instance Corova has the bomb strawberry diesel or whatever and but they also might have like I don't know champagne cake or you know something that's a newer strain like Cushman's or something like that you know Just munching. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Where are you eating those? The real question is that a, a bowl of some sort? Like, yeah, it's uh, an acai bowl. Yeah. Ooh! With the smoke, son. Yes, sir. I can dig it. But no, man, like, in terms of how my bud tending stuff is kind of like 
taught me how I and mean, then like pre-paved my way for me to step into this firearms game like differently is really interesting because like it taught me how to deal with people in such a way that now when people come into the gun store like when i was working at green gratitude yeah it was just all about making people feel loved especially because i started in like the medical days and stuff um and so like i take that same mentality of like showmanship and like being a good host into like if someone comes in to like learn firearms because mm -hmm. realistically some of the things that like my coworkers know that are uh like smaller details they actually could be like super beneficial but this person doesn't have any like foundation of understanding to really use it right yeah so it's almost like a simplified approach at first like, I'm really good for, like, a first-time gun buyer. If you're, like, an expert in firearms, like, bro, you don't even want to deal with me. You're like, what's this dude? Like, like on, on a fluke, I might show you something that you don't know. But if you're, like, an avid gun enthusiast or something, you know, you're probably not going to be blown away by my showmanship or whatever. You know, you'd be like, get the fuck out of here. You don't even know the difference between this cartridge and that cartridge or... <laughs> the numbers on Glocks, but I'm still learning all the different numbers um, and just basic things, you know? Um, yeah. But to someone that's like just getting into buying something, I know that they feel like they just stepped into that room in the matrix, you know what I'm saying? So I don't want them to have to ask me like, hey, can I see another gun? You want to see another gun? They're like, Oh yeah, sure. I'm like, all right, boogie over here. And I'll literally, I call it the gun safari. Like I will take you all the way around the shop to like each counter, you know? And so like the way that I handle them, they're always like so appreciative when they leave. And I think that's why I get like the sirs kind of sometimes Yeah. like, thank you, sir. <clears throat> but you would be amazed, bro. Like Honestly, with this pandemic, a lot of what it showed me, and especially like living in Portland, Oregon, it's like, man, everyone just, it's so human that everyone just wants to feel safe, you know? And I sell guns to people all day, and I, I'm not saying like there's people, some people should own firearms, but like there's different reasons, right? Um, throughout the day, bro, I'll, I'll find myself like, say I'm dealing with like an elderly couple, you know, yeah. we're like, they're shaking to begin with, you know what I mean? Not from just being in the store, they're just shaking <laughs> regardless because they're age and shit, you know, and uh, their dexterity is not really there, you know, so like, they're coming into this place because they want to get something to feel like they can protect themselves. But like, their mind is so innocent, you know, they're like, man, I don't even anticipate concealed carrying, you know, I just want it in my house so I can feel safe. And, like, it tripped me out, bro, because I was sitting there thinking about, it, like, bro, people don't feel safe even in their own fucking houses right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, honestly. Like, has that, <clears throat> has the pandemic affected you like that or just, like, all the riots and crazy shit going on in, like, Oregon right now? I don't live in Portland, so not really. Uh, uh, but it's seen, uh, well, I've seen a lot of people who weren't political before become extremely political like my dad. He wasn't super yeah. like 
into it very much, and now he's all over it. So Yeah, I think people just want to know what's going on, but it sucks because you're always behind the eight ball of, like, media, and they're going to tell you what they want leaked, you know, as it comes out, you know. But yeah. behind the scenes, there's, like, this whole other shit that's going on. And, like, on the day-to-day, all that you can really affect is, like, the people that you come across with. But, bro, it, it will trip you out, like, going and working in a gun store because, like, the people that you see packing heat now, I'm like, damn, I look at it and it's like, that might be someone that you see on the street and think of them like a square or something. Be like, man, like, I, I could come up on this guy. You don't know who's carrying anymore, bro. Like, everybody's carrying it's crazy to me like i truly understand now when they're like there's so many there's more guns than people in america like no i get it bro (laughs) i really do people come into the shop all day they got literally like 30 40 guns right they might have like i don't know four or five people in their household crazy but i mean not really because they're fucking awesome you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm in no way knocking the gun community. I love guns, but it's just interesting when you're dealing with people that I don't know. They don't. They either have like no reverence for it, and they're in there like they're buying a toy or something. You know, like it, it's hilarious to me when people are like, "Man, gotta get my background checked," and I'm like, "Of course, bro!" Like, and it's so funny because like, it's always these like redneck ass dudes I, I hate to say it bro but it's always redneck ass dudes they're like you mean i can't buy it? i'm like bro you're not buying a fucking pack of sharpies you know what i mean like yeah. hey, it's different from buying a tape measure bro like you're trying to buy like three shotguns right now and <laughs> you feel me yeah there's a a lot of people actually don't like actually realize how hard it is to get a gun in some states in most states yeah, it's pretty whack, bro. I've heard some stories of people being like, like, <clears throat> heard stories of, of someone asking their friend that had a gun if they could give them a gun. And it's like, no, you can't do that. You can't just give in someone a gun. some states you can. It's pretty you much You can do it illegal. in Texas. Um, well, yeah, you can in Texas. But in a lot of states, it has to be registered to you. Texas is not human, so we're not going to talk about <laughs> yeah. Texas. I only know it because fucking on Joe Rogan, Tim Kennedy gave him a firearm. Yeah. That's cool. But no, um, I don't know. Like, I think it's interesting because in some states, say like California, right? They make these really stupid ass, like redundant laws. Like you're not going to change a gun from being the tool that it is and designed for what it's used for. And you're not going to get around the end, uh, like, result of what an explosive, uh, a explosive, pro- like, projectile is really going to, like, do to you. Or explosion-propelled projectile. I'm over here just talking stupid. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, a bullet is going to do what it was designed to do. I don't care if you fucking try and make it in the weirdest to use hardest to use package like have you seen cali compliant rifles no i'm not really big into guns like that so i have no idea bro look it up right now like while we're talking because i know you can do it 
like on your cell phone or something. Look up a Cali-compliant Cali rifle. And when you see the handle, you'll be like, what? Like, why would they do it? I think on rifles, they have something called, like, the bullet button, someone was telling me about. Where, in order to release the magazine, you have to take, like, the tip of the bullet and stick it in the mag release to get it to drop the clip. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it looks a little weird. Like, they, they made it so you can't wrap your hand, like, fully around it. They're trying to just keep you holding it like this, bro. Literally, just, like, open, like, you're palming it. It's stupid. Yeah. I'm like, bro, what if you really had to use that? You know what I mean? Like, if you're some senator or whatever, mayor, whoever the hell is passing these dumbass laws, you know? Like... <laughs> It's really honestly such a deep thing when you think about how the prison system works and how that kind of sets people up that if the cops like pull you over and say you're not a California resident and you have a firearm on you, like, bro, that's not the state for that shit. Similar to like if you drive through some states with weed on you or whatever, you know, they'll still get on you about it. With, like, real legal ramifications. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to make this all about firearms, but that's just what I've been going through on the day-to-day. -day. But getting back to that shit about, like, maturity, you know, and, like, how you feel when someone acknowledges you in a, in a way with, like, reverence. You know what I mean? Um, like old people calling you sir when you're like not even a quarter of their age. It It's an interesting thing in like what it does to you and how you like look at yourself. Like I can't imagine what it would be like, say like if you get out of the military or something, right? And you come from like a humble beginning where your, your self-image isn't good, you know? Mm -hmm. and you're walking around people call call you sir or like thank you and all kind of stuff like that like that's a different feeling the closest thing i had to it was when i was doing that like wildland firefighting stuff um when i was in lapine and like the whole town just coming up to us and just loving on us and just hugging us like you saved our town like that was a crazy experience for me, you know, them just waking up every morning at like 4 a.m. to make sure they fed us at 6 before we went out for the day and packing us like double lunches and stuff. And then you go out to like a state run little fire operation and you got to eat their food like they still feed you, but it's not like not the same, bro. Yeah. They gave us such good grub. I'll tell you what, the Elks Lodge took care of us. Or no, it wasn't the Elks, it was the Legion. I think that's what it's called. I don't know if that's the same thing or not. All I know is I know where it is. <laughs> they were the best people in the world. Just the sweetest people ever. I don't want to mess it up because literally they had a whole other club like right across from them. So it was like, I, I think one was the Legion and then one was the Elks, right? And they literally are like across the parking lot from each other. I was like, damn. <laughs> this is like Casa Diablo versus Acropolis. For those of you that don't know, that's 
two strip clubs that are like right across the parking lot from each other. I hope they're both owned by the same people or something. Or they're just both cool with getting money. They got their own lanes or whatever. All right. We're cooking with propane, baby. You have anything interesting happen to you this week or anything that like jogs your mind? Uh, I mean, anything you've been nothing really interesting with? going on this week, to be honest. I don't, I don't work during the weeks, so I only work weekends. And so during the week, I just try and fill my time with random shit. But becoming a content creator is like gotta be really in, like. It's one of the hardest gigs because you got to constantly be like working on yourself, you know, there's no stop. And that's kind of why I was like, I like the idea of a podcast because everything is relevant. You know, there's no topic that's like off limits, I guess. And uh, yeah, you can just, man, you can say whatever you want. Every aspect of your life, whether you're learn, say in my case, learning things about guns or like yoga or reading different stuff like with everyone staying at home now while they're working or at least a large percentage of people man i can't imagine that content is ever going to really be the same because the way that we look at and even just people you know the way that we look at absorbing information and just trying to fill our days with like i'm not necessarily going to say self-improvement but like entertainment that then leads you into being like, oh, damn, that's some shit, you know? Um, and you start looking at things differently. And you're like, wow, I didn't even know. Like, bro, you fuck around and watch the Discovery Channel. I'm telling you, you'll be like, for real? That even existed? Like, that's a place on planet Earth? That's an animal that I didn't even know about? Like, get high and watch the Discovery Channel. You'll be bugged out. <laughs> See what they did there? No, that's Animal Planet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Now let's see if the dude did me dirty or if he did me right. Did he give me a good one? Bro. Come on, little backwood. I never liked backwood blunts when I was younger, but then they just grew on me, bro. I'm telling you, Zach. Crazy. For the longest time, I was like, man, Swisher Sweets on my shit. And they're still my shit. Like, when I think of a blunt, I honestly think of, like, the smell and the taste of a Swisher. But something happened with Backwoods, man. They, they do something with this fucking tobacco leaf. I don't know what the hell they dip it in, but it's, like, next level shit. You definitely, is definitely addictive. I can tell you that much. And they're hard as a motherfucker to roll. I'm not gonna lie. You might get a bum one. Like, back in the day, if you got a Swisher, you might come out like a desert scroll or something. Like, that shit would be so dry that, like, you'd have to lick it, lick it, and then hope that it doesn't crack as you're, like, 
breaking it. But this shit is like, you might get a whole, you might have a stem running through your whole leaf and be like, what? Sometimes you might get like three out of five, maybe two out of five backwoods that are like truly good to roll with in a pack. And they're expensive, bro. Yeah. I guess that's all relative. I mean, they're like eight bucks for a pack of like five. But I mean, when you consider that all that tobacco is just going to be dumped the fuck out, you know what I mean? <laughs> I've never yeah. once seen someone open a backwood, and, like a package of it, and just straight smoke it. I'm like, I don't know who does this shit. I, I was watching Joe Rogan and Snoop Dogg, and they were talking about rolling papers and, and, and blunt wraps, and... Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that backwoods have their own blunt wraps where you can literally just, it's basically what you would usually buy, but without the tobacco. No, what they're talking about, yeah, but they don't usually make those the same. What they were talking about is called a frontal leaf. You remember? Um, they were ca- talking about tobacco leaves. I can, t- I can guarantee that. I watched it yesterday. Oh, I know, I know. But what I'm saying is a fronto leaf is basically a long backward leaf, you know? That was Super one of the things they were talking about, but they specifically were talking about actual wraps, and they had, I guess they had Googled it and everything, but then they brought up the the leaf that you just talked about, and how, like, a lot of the old school, like, Jamaican dudes or whatever would carry one of those around and cut off what they need and everything. Yeah, they're actually pretty awesome, bro. <clears throat> And you can tell the difference because they don't have quite the same, like, head change that you get from a backwood. You smoke a backwood, you know you smoke some shit. Backwoods are also awesome because you can tell, like, how cool someone is that you're hanging out with if they can roll a good-ass backwood. Like, people that roll good backwoods, well, actually, some people be janky as fuck. But, you know what I mean? Like, if there's someone that's not just sitting at their house rolling weed all day, you know? And, yeah, that that's probably a really cool fucking person. Like, chicks that roll backwoods, cool as fuck. That's a demographic that I think is untapped. Untapped market. Stoner chicks will buy fucking anything, bro. Like, we just need to make something as cool as Rick and Morty to stoner chicks, bro, and we'll be fine (laughs) for the rest of our lives. There was some show that Duncan Trestle did that I really wanted to watch that I haven't gotten into. It was called, like, The Midnight Something, I want to say. Oh, man. This is how you can tell I'm not, like, a good backwood roller. I'll roll that shit and smoke it, but I'm not, like, good at it. A Swisher, though? I'll take you back to, like, 2010 with a Swisher. There's some old dudes in Texas that'll be like, boy, I'll take you way back before then. 
my dad actually smoked a Swisher, and there, granted, check it out, this is how I know he was going through some shit in his life, he had a Swisher in his car that he was smoking, but he, he don't smoke weed like that, so, like, like, at all, I'm like, damn, you were just about to smoke a cheap ass cigar, that's not even, I don't know how I feel about it, I guess one thing we can get into is our little mushroom adventure. What do you think? Zach's done mushrooms one time, and he did it with me and homie Miguel. We went over to Mount Tabor Park, and we were kicking it. Let's get into it. Meanwhile, Flash players giving me updates. My damn hmm. Apple's trying to give me updates. My computer's trying to sabotage this. It's like, save yourself. Don't do it. Um. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it was a good time. Um. It was probably the most intense high I've ever I've experienced. So. Um. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of visual stuff. What hit you first? What do you mean? So was it more like a body <clears throat> high for you? Um. It was more of a, some of it was in the body, but it was a lot of head high. Um, it was kind of an everything. <clears throat> yes. Ain't that a bitch? That first hit is so good, I coughed. It almost went out. <laughs> Taste-wise, this is like super floral. When I was younger, I used to just smoke bong rips on bong rips. I don't know that my lungs can do it anymore. When I was little, I remember we used to go to this place called Selwood Pool, and they had a uh, they had these slushies called Hush Puppies. You ever have one of those? No. They're lesser ices, but they're super fucking good on a summer day, bro. I have to take you. You know how many times I almost died in that pool, bro? There were just so many floaty kids on rafts. <laughs> like the whole thing. And they would have a, a slide so you could go out and it would go whoop. And then you just drop down. And that was like the only spot that was ever like clear in the deep end. Otherwise, it was just like a sea of floaties. 
I hate to admit it, being a Portland native and stuff, I've never done the great float. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, no, but I've heard of people doing other floats on like uh, the Deschutes and stuff. No, this is from like Barton to Carver, I think, and then I think you go like you go like way down this river and you float for like hours. I've wanted to do that for a long time. By the way, your Marilyn Monroe is icy. Yeah. I've been thinking about rearranging the art on that wall. But Yeah. I don't know, it's been to be like honest, that for years. Your poster from like when we were doing the oh yeah. I'm all pointing like you can see. Um <laughs> yeah, that one, the faltered sun, yep. That was cool, man. That's a legit poster, too. Yeah, it's like the best part of that film. Nah, bro, the filming of that was so much fun. It might not have been for you, because it was like, you had high pressure. This was our, uh, for anyone that's watching, I guess, since we're making this for you guys, too. That was uh, Zach's film that we had to, like, we all had to do a film before we graduated school at the end of the year. That was, like, his final project. And he, he found actors that were legit grown-ass men, you know what I mean, to come and do our little movie, well, your little movie. And it was awesome. Like, we had scenes where, like, bro, you remember Big Cat in the garage? Uh, that was awesome. I don't remember. It was during the torture scene. That shit was awesome. Yeah, I don't remember. Bro, I remember me and him and Miguel, like, because Miguel was trying to shoot the shit, and I was doing the boom mic, and so I was like, do you remember? And we just started cracking up. That was so much fun, shooting that movie. Because we couldn't help it. It was like, you couldn't look at each other, but then the tension of not looking at each other, like... Oh, that wasn't in the, that wasn't in the, the torture scene. That was in the kitchen. <clears throat> No, I know. The torture scene, I just remember us being in the garage and me being like tucked up, like in the rafters almost on top of some shit, you know, in order to get the boom mic out where it needed to be. And just looking over and him looking at me, like just making faces. And I'm like, oh shit. And he's looking at me like, you better be quiet. But I'm in this weird ass position, bro. That shit was so fucking funny. I'm surprised nobody saw that. Yeah, I don't remember. Because, I mean, when someone's being goofy, you know, it's hard to miss. But I guess everyone was tuned in. Yeah, that was honestly, like, a super disappointing experience. <laughs> You think? Yeah. I think you should be proud of it. I know that's like totally opposite of how you feel because you're probably so much closer to the art. You know what I mean? Well, it was frustrating um, <clears throat> because I had helped like 
the entire class on theirs. And I had struggled to get people to be able to schedule people to come help me. And so it was just super frustrating. And because of that, I didn't get the people that I, that I wanted to help with like lights and shit. And it -hmm. didn't end up be looking as good as I wanted it to. And yeah. You were literally in workforce mode. Like when you, what should have gave you pride though? Or like, I'm going to give you a different perspective. When we had to make our reel, you had so many clips. Like that, I I felt like I I did too. Like I had so many clips from people's different films, but mine were like, shit. You had a different role in the making of all these films, right? So you were actually like literally filming it. You know, you were you were the design of this whole thing that we're seeing. And you had like like probably like 13 different projects at least, you know? Yeah. Which our first year was super lazy, crazy, weird year, right? So that was all pretty much in our second year of school. Yeah, I did a lot. Yeah. But that's also like one of the reasons why <clears throat> me and you were able to actually like be around each other more, you know, was the different projects and stuff. Yeah. That's also what what's made me have the mentality of like, all right, I will help you, but you have to take the initiative. I'm not just going to hold your hand through all of this. Like, I don't do that anymore. Like, if someone has a cool idea and they want me to help them make it, it's like, I'm down for it, but I'm not going to hold your hand through the whole process. And so it's like, whatever it is, right? I'm like, so I don't do that anymore. It's like, you have to show the initiative if you want me to be a part of it. Yeah, and that's just like professionalism. You know what I mean? Which is a good thing. When people are actually all in on whatever they do, I feel like that was one of the traps that even to this day, like reminding yourself not to lean on on talent so much that you don't refine skills. And then you get into an area where you're trying to express it and you may have the knowledge internally, but you haven't got the reps in enough in order to like have stability, you know, to the point like inner stability. Where then you become authentic. Like, that's what allows you to to have that poise. It's like nothing can shake you. Because you know where you're going. You know, I'm, I got a vision. I'm heading that way. You feel me? Kind of, yeah. It might have been a ramble. I am baked. But... I guess uh, what I'm saying is maybe like in in my life, even before we met, you know, a lot of the things that I did, I was like one foot in and one foot out. You know, yeah. I, I played a, a strange middle ground. I think that's what led me to becoming um, an interesting like point of connection for so many friendships that I had, like, especially in high school. 
like so many different kinds of people uh like different groups and cliques i would mess with like one person out of like all of them so it was an interesting thing though it was kind of love hate because i didn't make it easy on myself at all i was talking shit boy when i was young i was talking good shit now i'm like i'd be just straight chilling <laughs> So much more understanding, you know? Yeah. When I was younger, I just didn't want to hear it. I don't know if that's like a human thing or just a, our era of convenience thing. Like, because I mean, I wonder if like teenagers in, in the jungle days were like, Mom, Dad. Fuck you. I'm out of here. I don't think you could do that. Most people wouldn't survive like that. Or maybe they would. Because they lived a more simple life and they got to see their parents do it. You know, it do probably what they wasn't like they survive. just fucking... They probably didn't just leave. Uh, Have different ways of defying... Yeah, it was probably similar, but it was probably just different ways of rebelling. I can tell you one thing. This strawberry diesel is a good high. <clears throat> it's weird that one of us is high and one of us isn't because we're not actually sitting like physically across the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that you smoke anyways. Which is actually like props to you. It helps you with your athletic stuff that you do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard people talk about how it they feel like it helps them, but I have no idea. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think people just need a different perspective. And weed, like smoking weed, I don't know, something that THC does in your brain that just makes you go out there you know in a different way your whole frequency changes up you know yeah some sometimes you can write it other times you're like you get paranoid from it like but really it's just you become like hypersensitive and you start i think weed is a hallucinogen in one sense that um Whenever I've done anything that was like a hallucinogenic drug, I noticed that it takes my sixth sense, which is my emotional instinct, right? How I feel and makes it like my first sense. And I start to observe the world like differently, you know? You don't see with your physical eyes, you see with how you feel. And so you could be seeing something that isn't actually in front of you. You know what I mean? It's not a person. It's a thought. It's like a wave of thought. And you can like, literally, you feel if it's flowing through you and it's like fluid. Or if it's somewhere it's like hard current. I know some, at least now, when I'm talking to people sometimes, like I might just catch myself like as I'm talking. 
just looking out here. But really, I'm like, I'm like following a thought energy so then I can come back because like it's like overwhelming. I'm too sensitive to it sometimes. And then I need to learn to like, and you just ground yourself. No, nothing. <laughs> I don't know, bro. You and I have a different perspective on that because it's just like, <laughs> give me your take. Um, well, I mean, like, I've been really high on edibles before, mm-hmm. and. If you close your eyes when you're super high, you can definitely see shit. Hmm. And, um, so it's like, yeah, it is kind of like a hallucinogen. Because, well, because it does, I mean, it does have a uh, psychoactive property. So it's always messing with your brain in general. And so if you take enough of it, of course, you're going to see something or even think something happened that didn't happen even if it wasn't necessarily a hallucination it was just a way that you perceived it but Mm. yeah yeah it's interesting how things like have you ever heard of confirmation bias yeah yeah so it's kind of like how how psychology calls it that right and how that kind of overlaps with people's habits right and their habits of thought are based on their habits of emotional state because we're kind of like tuners you know like a radio and you just gotta you gotta tune yourself to that frequency and as you do more continually like that's like on one end we have depression which is just a, a habitual place like and if you stay there so long because of life it's going to affect you in a certain way. You know, you're going to have more circumstances, but it's like an arrow being pulled back and just all this tension just building up until that person either like finds a way and a way is basically like made out of them not enjoying where they are currently. It makes them like dream and envision something different and they either get there or they don't. But on this end is like people that are hopeful and confident and um, I don't want to say like they're ambitious enough to dream, you know, and dream continually like with childlike enthusiasm and joy, you know, and just utter conviction where it's just they know themselves. Those people live in a whole other sphere where, like, life still touches them, but how they their bounce back is quicker, you know, how they recover. You might see someone lose a whole lot of stuff, and then they just come back stronger than ever, you know? Yeah. Like, look at Mike Tyson. 
He's an awesome example of that. But there's people that go through things every day, you know, that they mm-hmm. overcome. And people are constantly in a state of becoming. Just most of the time, we replicate the same thing because of our habit of thought, which goes all the way back again to emotion. Habit of emotion. But we're not taught how to talk to ourselves in that way. And we might not have it modeled for us. So to some, it might be like a weird foreign language. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're like in these rare shooting star event moments in their life. You know, they might receive something that's so perfect. You know, it's exactly what they wanted when they least expect it, right? And that either does something that changes them, and they're like, yes, I'm taking this and I'm riding out forever. Or they get it and they're not able to sustain it. And they they lose it, you know what I mean? And because they're not in harmony with it, and then it just leaves them blown out, you know. This is actually a pretty decent podcast, bro. I think if anyone made it this far, they'd be pretty satisfied. Yeah, probably. I don't know though. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. If I'm voting, I'm going to say yes. It's by no means the greatest podcast of all time, but it's a good one. It's a good one. The one problem I've always had, though, is like I don't smoke weed cool. You know what I mean? Some people just look cool as fuck smoking weed. Yeah. I always feel like it just gets me like goofier. Cause I'm already goofy. Like I'm a goofy person. I wind up laughing at shit all the time that I do. I'm like, I hope nobody saw that. <laughs> Cause I catch myself doing it. Like, I got to see uh, <clears throat> one of the guns from John Wick today. Yeah? How, what mm-hmm. was that like? What was it? It's a Terran tactical pistol. Nice. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like, the front sight stays in place. So, it's like a 1911, but the front stays right here, and the cut um, for the slide is, like, set back. So, that way your your sights aren't moving. Interesting. Yeah. It's it's a cool little gun. I got some gummy vitamins over here that I'm looking at. Might just have to pair into some of them. Whatever happened to you when you're baked? Whatever happened to me when I'm baked. You just look at some gummy vitamins or something. You're like, man, I just want to tear them up. No, I don't. I don't eat gummy vitamins. 
I'm, I, have, I have too many specific ones. You don't know what you're missing out. You should just add some gummy vitamins just to have. Nah. Nah. <laughs> I'm good. This is, a, this is a hard pass. Yeah. All right. All right. You still relevant. I don't need a vi- like like most gummy vitamins are just multivitamins and I don't need one. Bro, if you have a buffet of gummy vitamins, you know how set for your day you are. Maybe. I'm telling you. But I can't get nearly as many for as cheap. Yeah, but you're like on level ten thousand. I'm telling you. I don't know. I start my day pretty good as it is. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> you know. Hmm. For a thinker, like I know right now, you have like ten things you could say. But you're like a natural born, like introspective person. It's it's awesome, but it makes it like hard. Um. Well, I'm not like this all the time. But I've noticed that I'm like this when I'm around people who know more than me. Mm. and Or who I think know more than me or who have more to say. And when I'm the smartest one in the room or I feel like I have to be the smartest one in the room or something like that, whatever it is, that's when I talk more because then people, <clears throat> then what I have to say is more valuable to the people that are around me. That's like the realest fucking response in the world to that. Yeah. Honestly, finding people that have knowledge that is like way leaps and bounds ahead of you from her, man, they'll come up and put you on game. And you're right. It is awesome to like just let them take the floor and just let them do what they do. I got to see Maya Angelou one time when I was younger. And it was in a different kind of speaking, you know? Yeah. It was like storytelling and giving you like so many different aspects of, of life. And you're just like, whoa. I couldn't think of how crazy it would be to sit and have an interview with her. You know what I mean? Like, being in a situation where I could actually ask her a question, like, be crazy. Well, what would you ask her? Hmm. I'd just ask her to tell me a story. Honestly, it sounds simple, but, like, I just would want to sit there and hear a story that, like, like, nobody else knows. 
And I feel like whatever she would choose would be based off of like how we're vibing, you know, or like what she might see that I need. Yeah. Isn't it strange how people can come into your life and it's like they saw what you needed way before you? It's usually how it is when it comes to like lifestyle or perspective. Um, usually the people on the outside see it first and they'll, if they're good friends or that they care about you, they'll tell you that they see it and then it's up to you to determine if that's what you want to go with or not. Mm. Sometimes people deny the the outside perspective as not being true and then they continue on with whatever that is going on and then it turns out that they should have listened before. Yeah, but you can't really force someone to listen. They're only willing to listen as far as they want and then my yeah, my mom used to always say you can't put an old head on young shoulders. And I always was like, what are you talking about? I'm grown. And no, it wasn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But moms can just sense what you need. Isn't it crazy they grew you? Like, what? Yeah. Women make all people. It's crazy. I was hanging out um, around a couple of my homegirls. They had all their kids together and stuff. And I was sitting there and I was just like, I closed my eyes for a minute. Just to imagine like, this is kind of like the noise level of like, what moms hear all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just when you got kids, it's either like, quiet and you're like what's going on too quiet you know or it's like a mild fucking circus going on in the background <laughs> just screams and arguing and talking and what the fuck? <laughs> you know what i mean you got yeah. your eyes closed and you're like damn that must be what like actual life is for like moms and shit that's bananas But I guess I never even, like, I think I, I like to glamorize and look at, like, the highlights of things. Like, I almost try to just straight ignore the negative of things. And sometimes I think that, like, makes me naive in some sense. But really what I try to live my life by is, like, I feel like if it's not aligned with god and like that feeling that i get you know what i mean like when i walk into church or like when i see somebody that i haven't seen in a long time and i'm like oh like it's like your friend you're like ah but like you you don't even you don't have to express it outwardly like literally it happens like in an emotional like energy thing you know what i mean if it doesn't align with that feeling like i can't do it and I, or at least I try my best not to, you know? You still do stupid shit all the time. I can't. Doing stupid shit. 
but it really makes me wonder like how other people go through life you know because i don't know how i would do it if i didn't feel like god was like paying attention you know what i mean like some people are so strong and like to me i'm like man i gotta come to god because like in here i know that you know places inside of me like the the faults and all that stuff you know like you know the real me um comprehensively good and bad you know and like in my internal thoughts my dialogue all that you know and i know that it's like a humbling thing to me you know when you consider that with like I don't know, just solid moral statutes, you know? Because that's how I look at, like, you know, the Bible has, like, the Ten Commandments, you know? But other religions, like Buddhists, have, like, the Eightfold Path and things like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Every philosophy of thought, I guess, or, like, house of belief i don't know how else to call it but there's like one frequency of god there's just one because it's everything like i don't care if you're like hindu you're muslim like whatever it is that you believe in catholic it's all it boils down to one energy when it's pure you know when it's love and it's there that's why it's like i don't care what you call it as long as it's that feeling like it almost feels like when like beyonce hits a high note you're just like oh you know what i'm saying i don't really listen to beyonce like that but Bro, just think about, like, any really pretty, like, voice, you know? Maybe, like, the national anthem or something. Doesn't something hit you when you watch the national anthem? Where you're just like, oh! Like, bro. I don't know. It, it does something. Sure. I don't know. What is it that... What? Hmm. Is there, like, a sports team that you like or, like... What makes you feel that kind of, like, pump? What do you mean? Like? Like, where you get the chills. You know, like, it just permeates throughout your, your every fiber. Like, doing a Tony Robbins seminar. No. That didn't get me fired up like that. Oh, man. Like, that was fun. But I was uncomfortable the whole time. I wasn't very excited about any of it. Yeah. I was like, pumped. I was like, what? Um, I don't know. That was like a deep dive. 
through like my consciousness, you know? And I was like learning things left and right the whole time. I was like, yeah, I mean, I was learning stuff, but for me, I was just uncomfortable the whole time. It was weird. Yeah. It made me look at media totally different. Yeah. I was like, all right. There's a potential to create a totally different experience for somebody, you know? And it wasn't like things that were dramatic. It was just using different methods of stimulating your brain, you know, and combining it with movement and all that kind of stuff, you know, that, that we were doing. Like, that was a whole different thing. You can listen to a podcast, um, but if this podcast could somehow, like, integrate into, say, like, I don't know, like, if it was, like, a three-hour show, right? And in the beginning, you had, like, a workout, and you were, you were meant to do it in the morning, almost like a morning show, right? Um, just to get someone prepared for their day. Like, that's kind of, like, what Tony Robbins would do in a seminar. If you could just condense it, you know? Yeah. I think some people do that by creating content, though. That's why there's so many smart people, and I sound fucking goofy sometimes. Hmm. But at least, like, at the end of the day, when you're chilling and you're honest, you're just like, this is how I feel, this is who I am. It's something that uh, it it cleanses you in a different kind of way. You know, sometimes you feel like you're getting like, tempered like steel or something. You know, you're getting smashed out. You're like, damn. It's got to be like a comedy. It feels like comedy, but you're bombing. But the thing is, like, it's not um, an act or something to be pursued. It's really just letting it be and go. Yeah. I don't know, bro. I'm hot. Yeah, you are. So I guess the strawberry diesels would go. That was a solid backwood. What would you rate it out of 10? Hmm. I'd give it a 10 out of... No, no, no. From smoothness to taste to to texture, the taste, consistency. The taste could have been better. The, the nug structure was good. It didn't necessarily have, like, the biggest buds or anything. Um, but it was well manicured. And... Yeah, the smell could have been better. So that's something I like to take into account. Um, for 31%, or whatever they say it is, it, it, uh, it was a smooth smoker. How's the high? The high is good. It's like a body high, high really or a good. head high? Um, The more I've smoked and like the more I've sat here, it's turning into like more of a body high. The head high part of it is like, I don't know. I feel like my thoughts, like I'm running and then I got to jump. 
I'm running. Boom. So like, from like, that's my train of thought. Well, that's the best way to describe you because it's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, it's like the dude on fucking the beginning of Pineapple Express where they're like cutting from scene to scene. I haven't watched that movie in a long time, so. Bro, you gotta watch it. I've seen it. Yeah, but if you don't remember that, there's no way that I'm gonna tell you about it because it'll take the funny out of it. Well, I've watched it once. Yeah, but like when you haven't watched a movie in a while, or you haven't seen it enough that you remember all the parts of it, like super accurately. It can still be hella funny to you. Like yeah. I watched um, Talladega Nights like a month ago, and I swear to you that I laughed so hard. It'd been a minute since I've seen it, like way long. And then I sat and watched it, and like every single line in that movie was a joke. It was like a masterpiece. I have a problem where even if I haven't watched something for a long time. I can, especially well, especially now, because I kind of like, it takes something that's really out of left field to make me laugh. I can't just laugh at like the simplest jokes. I can I can say that they were funny because a lot of jokes are funny, and they might get a chuckle, but like a good laugh, it takes a lot. And with movies that I go back and watch, even if I've only seen them once, and I and I. It's been years since I watched it. I'll still like remember a lot of it, and then I'll end up being like it, not really as reactive to it as I was the first time. Yeah, because it's just like I'm calling. Like sometimes I'll remember the setup as it's setting it up, and I'm like, oh, okay, for sure. It's not really like, like I'll still think it's funny, but it's just something that doesn't make me laugh because it's like. I don't know. I don't laugh at fucked up shit, but it's got to be something that I'm just not expecting to make me laugh. Because if yeah. I can, if I can anticipate a punchline, I'm not gonna laugh at it. Yeah. Hey, bro, what did you think of Dave Chappelle's last stand up? Um. It was good. Dave Chappelle has a really political style of stand-up, and I'm not super political, and I don't really like it. But it, he had some funny. He had funny jokes, and he obviously probably did what he wanted to do, which was prove a point, and I think he proved that point to a lot of people. Um. But like I said before, I was I like I can say something's funny because it is funny. It just doesn't make me laugh because I was I felt like I was able to anticipate it a lot the whole way through. He had me rolling. Yeah, I, it was I, a I good was, special. I I wouldn't say that he's like political as much as the like. The, the magazines sell more if they politicize it. You no, know he's I mean? political. That's all he talks about. Well, I don't... I think... I've seen every stand-up. I've seen every single is special. I'm thinking about, like, politics. You know what I mean? I don't consider the LGBTQ, like, 
Well, any hot button topic thing. that's 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 relevant is political. I guess I see what you're saying there, yeah. but I'm just saying they kind of like what he's doing is just using his voice, you know. Yeah, which and is why I said he proved to, a point. Yeah, trying to like really express something that's a very human story, you know, yeah. and being super authentic throughout his whole career you know and just really like being genuine and people painting him out to be like crazy for just being a genuine person yeah he proved a really good point though so (laughs) true loyalty looks crazy bro when you truly see someone that's loyal you know like someone that they know you got beef with somebody so they pull up like what like it can make it can look crazy you know Mm -hmm. but that's like true loyalty and true loyalty to yourself can look even crazier you know what i mean especially on that that scale so for him to like look at it and weigh his options and then walk away was like that was him just feeling how he felt and then turning around and looking at the whole industry and being like, man, I'm going to make you, I'm going to kill you with the ultimate kindness, which is laughter, you know? Yeah. I'm going to make something that says this point in a way that's, you know, like genuinely not meant to make anyone feel bad. It's made to make you laugh. You know, so the whole intention is like to be out of left field where people don't see it coming. You know, you're like, you're a better man than me. That Because when I see Dave Chappelle, it's like a childlike experience. I remember watching Chappelle show when I was little, bro, super little and loving it. It was so funny to me. And well, like, I didn't what, even... it's not fun to be able to anticipate punchlines to comedy because it's you don't laugh as much it's annoying kind of you should make you should make other people laugh maybe you should be a stand-up comedian bro no dude if you got reps in human interaction drains my energy and i would just i would go up and then down instantly or i start up here and i would poof very quickly yeah, but I feel like when you're down here, like, that somehow is where, like, it's like a comedy sweet spot, you know? Like, you get used to that. And people go through this with trading, too, you know, because trading is such, like, an emotional and, like, energy investing thing to be a day trader and all that kind of stuff. That it takes a while of, like, losing money before you lose the attachment to the money. And then all of a sudden, you don't see a loss as a loss. It doesn't affect you the same way. Yeah. Because you know you're in it for the long haul. You know things can turn around. You know that you'll have a good day just as as every now and again having a bad day. That's just part of it. I got to go to the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back. Do your thing. I'm actually going to go to the bathroom myself.
Oh, you're back. Yup. What up, bro? Back in the cockpit with you. Roger Dodger. Those things are so sticky. What is it? Little gummies. Mm. <clears throat> the melatonin gummies. You be going to sleep soon. Well, it'll take a while to kick in. Yeah, like 20 minutes. Now, now I get like a solid night of sleep. But I think there's something, too, when you wake up in the middle of the night. Like, do you ever wake up and, like, write? No. I don't wake up in the middle of the night. Bro, I swear, sometimes I'll wake up and it'll be, like, 2.30, You know, it might be, and I, I wake up. I mean, sometimes I do. I'll just mainly just check the time and I'll be able to fall back right back to sleep. But if it's after like seven o'clock, I just well, I just get out of bed. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It depends on the day. Yeah, I'm a pretty solid sleeper, honestly. When I was little, I was. Nowadays, not so much. I mean, it's weird though because I dream. So, like, I must be getting in deep sleep. But it's like I'm always having super, like, vivid dreams. Yeah. I don't know. It almost feels like I'm not sleeping sometimes. Because it's like, I'll go into, like, this whole other world and I wake up. But, like, the brief intermission in between, it's like, I don't know. I forget everything. You know what I mean? Not, like, all of it, but... Like, the energy of that. I wake up in the energy of this. Yeah, the sleeping state is a really weird one. Yeah. I think it's like a a spiritual, material world, you know, separate from this one. That is just made up of your like consciousness, and I don't believe that um, in relaxed states like that, um, you worry about keeping things out. So I actually think other people can be in your dreams, you know, like for real. Yeah, as a sign, you know, and like things happen in that kind of way see this is how people are going to know i'm i'm a loon they can 
later on, they can't cancel me, bro. Or they can, fuck it. But, point is, you know, in this way. I sold this tiny little shotgun called the Cricket, bro. Yeah. The little key looked hella fun to shoot. It was like the little pump shotgun, but it was like a small one. It was only for like a 410 shell. I was like, I don't know what you would even like really shoot with this, you know? But it'd be fun to play with. Set up a little shooting gallery or something. Yeah. Because that's what it feels like. It feels like a little toy gun or something. That's hella funny, bro. I, I'm all spacing out, and there's, like, the little app thing in the corner that, like, popped down. And so it's, it was, like, halfway covering me. And where I'm at, I'm, like, right up in your closet on my screen. And so I was like, man, that's tight. You just got a, like, poster of someone smoking a blunt, you know? And then I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> hey. Hey. Yep, no, I don't have any marijuana memorabilia. I had a lot for a while. But working in this gun store, I'm like, it would make so much money if you opened a uh, a bar and took all the memorabilia that's in that gun store and just put it into a bar. People would totally go there. <laughs> for sure. I believe it. They'd have to have an insurance policy. I think it'd probably be like the safest little bar. Because everyone's strapped, so no one wants to have a shootout up in here. Are you saying a bar connected to a gun store or just no. having stuff that's... No, just that's... a bar with all the memorabilia. But you know it's going to attract people that are like, that are packing. Yeah. Then you switch it up on them, they get in there and it's a dispensary. <sighs> have a hookah lounge in there or something. Then you'd have a lot of pissed off gun owners who wanted to be drunk. I think gun owners smoke weed too. Well, they definitely do. But if they were intending to be drunk and then they found out it was a dispensary. Yeah. That damn train. Can you hear it? No. 
I live by the train tracks, so uh, so I have to have my window open so that way I'm not smoking out the room so much that shit goes off. That's how you know when you're stoned. You just start replacing the name for things with cuss words. Like, fucking shit, because it's not... Everyone knows what I'm talking about. But. <laughs> I do that, and I'm not stoned, so... Maybe you're perma-stoned. Maybe. I, think I had somebody is. tell me that I was that I sounded like I was high when I wasn't. And I was like four months sober. And they're like, dude, you sound like you're a vibe. I'm like, no. I'm extremely sober. I'm just tired. <laughs> That's hilarious. I sound like I'm a... To me, I sound like I'm a, I'm still in like high school. I, I feel like I have a senior... A senior's voice... With like a twenty-five-year-old's raspiness. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, man, I'm getting tired. Not gonna lie. I feel you. We can pull the cord on it. But yeah, so. I guess this is us signing off. <laughs> the most casual podcast ever. Yeah.